welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan in Montreal in our Airbnb and Craig, we survived. Yeah, we're not done yet, but we're not done yet, but we survived rounds one through seven of the 2022 NHL draft. We made it. We did, and it was uh, it was good. It was awesome. It, yeah. was. it was really great. It was nice once we finally made it to Montreal. Actually, got here. Yes, um, I thought the cl- the crowd was electric, at least es- especially on the first day. Yeah, and it was just I mean Montreal's such a great setting for this. It's clearly a hockey city. You you feel it everywhere you go. There are people, just random people you run into on the street who are so unbelievably informed about the Canadians and the NHL, which is. A cool thing from our perspective. Yeah, it really is. Well, obviously, everyone listening probably has a good view of what went down yesterday in round one. But Craig and I were there for... It didn't feel... You you know, you really set it up to be a long day. It went by really fast to me. This was not what has happened in previous years. We went back... I think it was Arpen Basu that, that tweeted it, Montreal writer for The Athletic. It was nice to return to the lightning round of day two of the okay. NHL draft. It was less time in between picks, and people were really on it. Everybody knew what they were going to do. So this it went really fast today, actually. I was, I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, especially since last night I told everyone that it would only be a three-hour first round, and it was more like a <laughs> four-and-a-half-hour first yeah. round. So that's my bad. It, comp- it helped you know, make up for how long well, There were a lot of trades. Was. So Yeah, there were a lot of trades, um, and a few more today, which we'll get into. So we were there for rounds two through seven. Um, Coyotes made some moves. Coyotes left today alone with seven picks in the Mm -hmm. end um so still left the draft with 10 as originally when they went in you know it ebbed and flowed throughout (laughs) the last two days but 10 picks total um seven today so we got to talk to some of them we got to talk to the scouting staff about them so we're gonna dive in a little bit about more what the coyotes accomplished today and then a little bit more about the the big picture from the weekend, including some things that didn't happen. Indeed. Um, most notably, the Jacob Chikrin mm. trade. So we'll get... Um, and we'll just start, I guess, by talking about the second round picks, because if you're going to look at the rounds, you're going to see that these are the players that... Are, also have a chance to make an impact. Maybe those sixth, seventh, you rarely you get those ones that are... Like Andre Pilat, we always talk about a seventh round pick. Um, the second round picks can make an impact. Maybe not for a few years, but they can. Um, and in the draft, let's just run through who they picked. At pick 36, it was Artem Duda. He's a six foot one defenseman from Russia. Um, you know, we talk, we've talked a lot about the, the Russian yeah. situation. So were you a little surprised to see them take a Russian this high? Well, I was wondering how it was going to proceed for the entire NHL because uh, in my draft primer, I talked to six different executives and they were all over the map. Um, one, one executive told me they were proceeding business as usual. Others said they had reservations. Others were really concerned about the situation. Um, with the Coyotes, when they went into this draft, I thought they were one of the teams that would be in position to execute on one of those Russian players because they had enough draft capital where they could take a risk. But then they traded two second-round picks away on the first day, so I wondered if they were still going to do it. They clearly thought highly enough of this player's skill set that they were willing to... I mean, this is a high pick that they expended on him. Um, but the other thing, I, I think the sense is, and I talked to Ryan Jankowski about this, is it is what it is for them. 
if it takes two years developing in Russia, they're okay with that. Just let it let it happen organically, and they'll sort it out at some point down the road. These players probably will be allowed to come over again. So it's okay. They're okay with that timeline. Yeah, absolutely. And he, of course, wasn't here today, you know, much for those same reasons. But, you know, just going with the, the theme, and I don't know if uh, this came across yesterday since I wasn't on the show that much, but this – the Coyotes have been drafting some great names. We got Cooley, Geeky, Maverick. Not for writers, they're not great names. Yeah, no. But not fun at all. Duda, that's a good one. Duda. Well, we'll Duda. also have to, you know, check with him on the pronunciation of yes. his name, which as we'll we will get to all players. As we will, because the the next player here is another one that I'm still not 100 percent sure on the name. Julian, it's either Lutz or Lutz. Mm -hmm. We'll clarify next week at development camp. Um, but a forward from Germany, another over six foot. Um, forward 6-2, mm -hmm. and Craig and I talked about this yesterday. You know, the Coyotes drafted all North American players in round one, but Craig had just previously reported how much, how many resources were invested into European scouting. So you, you felt like going into today, this was going to be the European day, and, and it was. Yeah, it and, really was. And Craig specifically, you know, this, this, and there's a player later we'll get to that's, they're Polish-born, but play in Germany so to have two players come out of Germany in this draft class just for the Coyotes you can really see the investment in that scouting region pay off yeah Teal Fowler is the scout for Central Europe and I think people know him by now because he's the one that laid first eyes on JJ Mosier and really followed him and convinced them to draft him he rediscovered Karel Vemelka, who, of course, came over and had some success with the Coyotes as well. Teal's doing some good work, and they clearly have some faith in his opinions because they executed a couple more of those picks. He's becoming a little bit of a legend. Yes, and we got to talk to Julian today to hear a little bit more about what he is working on with his game. I continue my, improving my skating. Uh, like I want to be a be a great skater like I have a tall size and if I add good skating to that like I have good skating but like if I had even better skating I can I can be a danger yeah and, and it's interesting to hear him talk about his development I, I want to spend a little time on this because it's important for people to remember probably none of these players are going to be in a Coyotes jersey yeah. next year um, that's just the reality of the development curve in the NHL especially when you're drafting such young players it's it's only a handful of players in some drafts, and that's that's when you have elite players. A draft like this year, you're you make, you're gonna have like one or two guys who mm -hmm. maybe step into an NHL lineup, um, but that's okay. That's 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 important. I know that the Coyotes have a philosophy of overbaking their prospects. They want them to develop slowly. They don't want to rush them. They don't want to lose their confidence as much as anything. And and when when they're ready to play in the NHL, that doesn't mean just throw them on a lower line. It means step into the role that you're supposed to be playing. Yeah. So let them develop. I think. Julian's going to go back to Munich. That's the plan mm -hmm. right now. Most of these players will end up going back to their original teams. We'll get to another one in a minute who's yeah. gonna, who took a different path. But most of these guys are going to go back to their teams and spend at least another year developing that way. Yeah, absolutely. And they were pretty understanding about that. All of them said that that was their plan, of course, then said, oh, well, we know whatever's best according to the Coyotes. But <laughs> none of them said, like, oh, I'm going to try and – crack the team so everyone you know manage your expectations on when you'll see these players but we talk a lot about not just next year but years down the line and this is this, like this draft and what was accomplished today is you know laying the groundwork for you know a few years from now and to have that success so it's really exciting um let's move on to the next pick the 67th pick 
um, overall by the Coyotes today was Miko Matika. I love, the, I love that Great name. Great name. Needs to play with Matias Pacelli. I know. That so. would be unreal. An unreal <laughs> line. Um, from Finland, he's six foot three. Another, like, you can really detect the pattern here. Ever since the Coyotes drafted Logan Cooley at 5'10", nobody's been below six feet um, <laughs> since. Yeah. But, yeah, what's really interesting about Miko is the fact that he's from Finland, but he's actually going to be playing for the University of Denver next year. Um, I think it's really interesting. He told us that he really wanted – he's been wanting to go to college for two years. Yeah. Um, and it's just really interesting to see how – the development paths of players has evolved over the last few years. It used to be in Europe, you go to the European leagues in Canada, you go to CHL. Um, so, so to see a European player, we're seeing them more and more and how he's been so set on this. It's really cool. Daryl Plandowski told me that first of all, for, for a young kid like this, who's developing the league is a tough place. It's a tough league to play against men. The NCAA is almost a better place for him. Well, they think it is a better place for him to develop his game. The cool side of this, as we we talked about with him, we have a clip I know coming up, is Denver plays Arizona State next year. So Josh Stone is going up against Miko, Miko Matika next year. That that game is in December, I believe, December, in Denver. Yeah, yeah two yeah, games. December 2nd and 3rd, I believe. Yeah. So we may have to take a road trip up to Denver uh, for that. But we did get the chance to talk to Miko about this. We were just looking at the schedule for college. And Denver hosts Arizona yeah. State. You knew this already? So you're going to get a chance yeah, to play I'm, I'm going to play those guys, yeah. A little excited about that. You might have a pretty big contingent watching you. Probably. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so, yeah. yeah. You're going to have mixed emotions, ASU fans watching you. Right? You're a county's prospect, but yeah, yeah. you're the enemy for a little while. Uh, so. no, no. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> right. So he's, he's excited. He's ready for the challenge. Um, <laughs> You can just really get – I really got the sense from him that he's, you know, like he has tunnel vision for his goals, and he's really, really excited for this opportunity. I still haven't been to the DNVR bar, so. Either have I, and guess what? They're renovating it, so, so I, it's a perfect time for us to go. Sounds Craig. like it. I, if you're watching this, Saul, please send us, <laughs> send us to De- Denver, in, Denver in December. And I'm not flying with you, though. Yeah, I winter flying to a winter climate in winter. How do you feel about driving with fifteen hours in winter storms? Okay. No, I'm never traveling with you again. No offense. Um, All right, let's move on to a pick that we didn't think necessarily was going to happen because the Coyotes actually made a trade. They traded up um, for this pick, pick ninety four in the third round. They traded the twenty twenty three. Um, third round pick, which was Dallas's pick originally, to Chicago to get this pick. So when that happens, especially in the later rounds, you must know that they really want this player. Um, and that player was Jeremy Lang- Lang- Langlois. Langlois. Langlois? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Defenseman from Cape Breton. Yes. Um, cheers, obviously, as they were drafting a Quebec player. <laughs> That's every right, time, yeah. every time, it didn't matter what team they were going to, every time a Quebec player was drafted. Huge cheers. And, you know, some of the cheers might have come from his 17 friends and family members right. who were in attendance that he told us about. He downplayed that, too. Like, did you have a big kid? He's like, well, oh, like 17. 17. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but, yeah, another defenseman. Another defenseman from the queue. Yeah. Which is interesting to me. Um, and side note on this, um, and I, I talked to the, the, the two head scouts about this. In three years under Bill Armstrong, and I know he couldn't sit in on the first draft, but in three years with this staff, they haven't drafted a single 
player from the OHL. I find that fascinating. The OHL every year produces the largest amount of NHL draft prospects. The Coyotes have not tapped into it yet. That's going to change. Look, they had the pandemic. The O basically didn't play last year. So that that makes not this this past season the season before yeah. so that that impacts your your evaluation as well it makes it a lot harder but it's it's kind of weird that they haven't had an OHL player since Bill Armstrong yeah, took over yeah it is very interesting um but they definitely favored Quebec today and, and we saw that from him and we also had the opportunity oh before we get to his video the hair of this <laughs> draft class I just need to say this like I just talked about the names the hair oh my gosh and and Jeremy is right up there with the hair. So you'll see it in this clip, but we did get to talk to Jeremy at Lang- Langlois. Langlois. <laughs> um, just nervous, I, I'd say. Just like the second round, I, I knew I wasn't going to go in the second round, and the third round was coming. And I, I knew, like, like, maybe at the late alert third round, I could have a chance. And like I said, when I, when I heard that Arizona got the, the, got the pick, I was just... Just uh, no, like I don't know how to say it. It was just, you know, just a great feeling, an amazing feeling. Yeah, I saw them. Like I was looking at the table, and I saw them looking my way, like a couple times. So I was like, okay, yeah, maybe it's gonna be me. I think it's so funny that he said he saw he saw them looking at him, and that's how he knew. <laughs> <laughs> just funny, funny kid. Yeah, seriously, what did that look like? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> it's like, who is it? Oh my god! You know when you feel like you have eyes on you. Right. That, that might have been what happened, but. Really, really thrilled for him and excited to see how he goes forward. And this is continuing with large defensemen. Yeah. The 131st pick. And now we're getting a little deeper in the draft, but still. Yeah. 6'5 defenseman from Canada, Matthew Morden. Mm-hmm. We didn't get the chance to speak to him, but what do you know about Matthew? Well, uh, Canadian University, first of all, is a that's a rarity. That's to rare, see unlike college in the U.S. Right. Yeah. It- and I know, and I just talked to, of course, in my scouting series, I talked to the Canadian staff about how they also scout the Canadian universities. And, and one of their scouts made a point of mentioning that to me. So it, it was almost like he was saying, hey, keep an eye on this because there's going to be a rare Canadian university player. Now, I know he had originally committed to Harvard, but it sounds like he's going to play in the USHL. I, I had uh, mentioned that on Twitter that he had committed to Harvard, but it doesn't sound like he's going to play with hmm. John Farinacci, who, of course, is another... Coyotes prospect who was recently named the captain of the Harvard hockey team. Matthew's going to play in the USHL next season. So keep an eye on him. The USHL, another, another one of those areas that people thought would, would have some impact this year in the draft. The the NTTB of course had some star players going, but the USHL has improved by leaps and bounds. So they're starting to get their, their name called regularly in the initial draft as well. Yeah, And another Canadian player going to the U S you know, like I mentioned Mm -hmm. before, seeing the differing paths, it's really interesting to see, um, up next continuing crazy names. I'm never going to be able to spell this defenseman Maximilian Zuber S Z U B E The Z is silent. Suber. Suba. And I and Max I like that? Max, there's no X in there. It's it's just No, it's a K. However you think it's spelled, it you're wrong. Do so you know what I'm gonna think of? I'm gonna th- think It's of, on the screen. I'm gonna think we of can Ma- see the screen, I'm gonna think sorry, of Michaela Perkins when I think of this. That's how I'm gonna remember how to spell it with a, a K instead of an X. Mac and then yeah, for, forget it. I'm still gonna butcher this name <laughs> because there's just way too much going on in that first name. But another large defenseman. Mm. Six foot three defenseman. Um, and this is who I was referring to. He plays in Germany, but he's Polish. He's born in Poland, which is just crazy. There's 
not a lot of NHL players born. I think I read on NHL Public Relations. I had I had uh, I had guessed. I mean, it was much, wasn't much of a leap to guess that he was the first Polish draft pick in Coyotes history. But I think I read on NHL Public Relations on their Twitter account that he's the first Polish draft pick since. Wojtek Wolski, yeah. who, of course, played, played for, the, for Coyotes the Coyotes and was a great Don Maloney acquisition that helped in one of their playoff runs. Yeah, so really exciting for him. Really excited to see you know players from all over the world. And again, that German region. Yep, Teal Fowler, legend. Unreal. And uh, last but not least, <laughs> Good this luck. one's funny because literally, I think all week, we Ugh. were, please don't pick in the seventh round. Please don't pick in the seventh round. And all of a sudden, we have a trade to announce. And, of course, the Coyotes trade into the seventh round. They actually got back the pick that was originally theirs, that they gave away to San Jose when they sent Aiden Hill to San Jose. So they got that pick back full circle. Really interesting. Um, Adam Zlinka? Sure. Okay. There's no vowels. Let's go with there's that. There's barely any vowels in his last name. No. Not, there's not enough vowels. There's only vowels. one. I can't even um, say vowels. As you can That's see. how sleep-deprived we are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is a forward. He's six feet, a right shot. From Slovakia. From Slovakia. Slovakia, always, by the way, had an amazing drop. We'll no get doubt. Into that uh, in a to have the bit. first and second yeah. overall picks is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, props to Miro Shatan. Um, when I look at the seventh round, I always, I always look at it as, okay, we're going to take a flyer on a guy. This is just – we see something in him. It's probably not going to pan out, but we see something mm-hmm. there. So let's let's spend a pick on that. You look at a couple of the picks that they've had in the seventh round, and, and clearly they're not in the NHL yet, but they're intriguing. Uh, ben McCartney yeah, has done some really good things down in Tucson. They love his energy. And then I think I think Sam Lipkin was a seventh-round pick, too, mm-hmm. with the Chicago Steel. They like his development. So maybe the seventh round be, could become a little bit of a thing for the Coyotes. Yeah, you honestly never know. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, you know, we talk about how it's a complete gamble on the future. Oh, boy. <laughs> Look at that transition. <laughs> Running on like four hours Jacob of sleep. Jacob is giving me a thumbs down. Listen, I know I've probably used that transition also like 50 times doing this, but, you know, just work with me here. Um, <laughs> Everything's new to me. I'm old. I don't remember anything. Yesterday... So. People have the chance to make some good money yesterday betting on the NHL draft because Shane Wright was minus money to go first overall. Didn't go first overall. You could have made so much money on draft position over unders. I know Nemich to go that one, that one yeah, like that. Number two. Unbelievable. And that was just really fun, a fun thing that you could do on the DraftKings Sportsbook app when it came to the NHL draft. Um, sadly, the NHL draft is over, so now there's nothing you can really bet on with the NHL until – you can bet on Team Futures right now. So – if you want to get in some Team Future action, you can. I'm looking at a hockey event that's a little bit closer to right now, and that is the World Junior Championship. Hard to wrap my head around it being in the summer just because it had to be moved. But it is coming up in August, so I'm going to go out on a limb, and usually Sean does this, but Sean is not in Montreal with us, so I'm going to do a DraftKings Sportsbook app pick of the week. Uh, here it goes. And I'm going to pick, and this will come as a shock to no one, Canada – to win the World Juniors. Um, it's current, they're currently plus 125. Granted, they have the best odds, but it's still plus money. So you can get some money there. Hosting um, the tournament, too. And so. they're hosting the tournament. So Homer. She's a homer. I mean, listen, Canada has given us some issues this week. I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> Come to Canada, they said. It'll be great. 
we can't get you there, of course, because Air Canada is a disaster. And oh, by the way, you might lose your internet because Rogers is crashing as well. But it, other than that, it'll be great here in Canada. Sorry, but do I sound a little bitter? We actually on, had a good time here. Bet, we had on, a good time bet here. on Canada to win the World Juniors um, in <laughs> August. Get your futures in now. The odds are going to change. Um, and But that's fun that you can bet on that. So be sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PHNX. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code PHNX. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum agent eligibility. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Well, that was all the picks. Yeah. And then we got to talk to the scouts. Yes, we did. The people who were on the road most of the year, the ones who've been watching these players, not just this last year, but a, a couple of years even. And, the, you know, this is, this is their work coming to fruition. And now, you know, it's out of their hands. It's into the hands of the development staff and the coaching staff. Um, but we got to talk to the scouts. And these were some of their initial takeaways about today and yesterday. We wanted to improve our skill, we wanted to improve our size, we wanted to improve our depth, and by the end of the seven rounds, we uh, feel we did it. We had all kinds of scenarios, it's amazing. <clears throat> when, you don't have, when you don't control the draft, you have about uh, things fly through your head and, and so many different scenarios, what are we going to do with the pick? Um, for us, we felt there was a group of three or four forwards. Um, we had to make some decisions that uh, are hard, and we were just happy to, to get the guy we really wanted. And I, I think it's somewhat of luck that we ended up with two forwards and two defensemen out of our first four picks, but we're extremely happy about that, that we were able to get that balance. And you don't really design it that way, but the way that it ended up that we've got the six foot seven defenseman and the six foot one skilled defenseman, it's really nice how it ended up, and it's, uh, it, it's fortunate for us. My main takeaways from this draft, um, and and I think part of this was planned. I, I'm sure that they put a, a a premium on premium positions. To me, you build up the middle and you build on defense. And the Coyotes got two centers right at the top of the draft, and they got five defensemen out of this draft. You know, the, the defensemen, I think you look at this more in terms of adding depth to your organization, and you always need it on the blue line because there are always injuries. You don't know how they're going to develop. That development path is often longer on defense. But when I look at how you want to go about it, and again, we don't know whether these guys are going to pan out or not, but in Logan Cooley, you have a potential number one center with incredibly dynamic side to his game, a guy who Bill Armstrong said makes guys around him better. Then you go to Connor Geeky. We talked to Corey Promen right after the draft today. If this, if he hits, if he becomes more consistent in his game, is what Corey Promen told us, he's a number two center. So you could have theoretically walked away from this draft with a number one center and a number two center. We all know the Coyotes' history at the center position. So think about that for a moment. It's it's anything but a fait accompli, but. Think about that possibility. Then think about adding all this this depth to your defense. You still need those top-end guys, but they're only through one draft. What they've done is they've given themselves a bunch of opportunities. They've added to the prospect pool at two critical positions. Look at the center depth overall now. They went out and got a couple players late in the season as well, and Jack McBain and Nathan Smith. They have Barrett Hayden, who took some strides late in that season. That's not a bad start now yeah. for their center depth chart. There's some options there. It doesn't look so scary anymore. Yeah, it's really exciting. And I think, you know, looking at what they 
we're able to accomplish. It's it's all of those things that's laying the groundwork mm-hmm. um, for having a team that's going to be successful in the future. We've talked a ton about the need for having centers, the need for having size, and those are two things that that's what wins you Stanley Cups these days, yeah. size and center depth. And that they started to pick up the pieces in this draft with the moves that they made. And, I mean, obviously they're saying – they're speaking to the media, so who knows. But they seemed really happy with – what they were able to accomplish. And it was also funny. This wasn't in that clip particularly, but they were talking about how stressful it was to drop down to the third overall pick um, that, you know, they, you, you finish second to last, you kind of maybe mentally assume you're going to pick second. And they admitted that that caused them some stress, but you know, we saw how everything unfolded last night. They actually had the pick, between Shane Wright and Logan Cooley, they still right. went with Cooley. It makes they you- wanted a defenseman to go number two. They really did, and it panned out yeah. exactly as they hoped. So so for me, and I, I think I said this already this week, but maybe picking third this year wasn't so bad. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, and again, we and, and again, and we, you know, Craig has touched on this already, but we're not going to know how these this draft was for a few years, maybe even more than a few years um, and we don't you know we're not grading we're not rating we have no clue um, but yeah we don't know you don't know yeah. <laughs> the scouts don't the scouts know don't the know. scouts don't know so don't pretend you do the scouts don't know. So, so don't don't get hung up on grading the draft saying that, oh my god they killed it in this draft or I don't like it they failed in this draft none of us knows no none of us knows let's be honest but about that you can say that they accomplished what they set out to yes do. yes they did and and I think overall that made it successful. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, exactly. That's that's all you can hope for. Yeah. Again, we're evaluating 18-year-old kids yeah. with physical, mental, psychological development ahead of them. You just don't know what's coming. You don't know their family situation. You don't know if they're going to fit into the system. There's so many variables yeah. that we're talking about. This is not an easy job. This is the hardest job in professional sports, in my opinion, NHL scouting, because they're dealing with young kids. Yep. So... Give it time. We'll see. But, you know, have some faith at least in in Bill Armstrong's experience, in Daryl Plandowski's experience, Ryan Jankowski's, and a bunch of these scouts who have just such a wealth of experience. New ideas are important all the time to infuse into a scouting staff. But to me, in this profession in particular, there is no substitute for experience. Yep. And we've seen what Daryl Plandowski has been able to accomplish. So to bring that mm-hmm. experience to this team is amazing. And one other thing before we move on talking about the scouts, one other thing they touched on is that the who they are as people mm-hmm. and how they're looking for people who want to fit into a team. And how they don't, you know, at the end of the day, they're trying to make the Coyotes better, yeah. not find the best pieces that won't go together. They're trying to build the best team. So they're also considering good teammates, locker room. Um, so to know that that's also part of it. And, and we saw yesterday, you know, Maverick Lamoureux, his, yeah, he his was, smile. He was a lot We've of heard fun that he lights, out, lights up a room. Everyone we talked to, I mean – you know, 18-year-old, you meet a lot of 18-year-olds on the street. They might not give you the time of day, and I know it's different. They're on this in the spotlight. They might have been media trained, whatever. But you kind of have a BS radar. You these, can definitely get a sense of these someone. These kids that we met yeah. today and yesterday, genuinely nice kids, and I'm really excited to see how their future unfolds, and I hope that they're, they can fulfill their dreams and be part of NHL and be on the Arizona Coyotes and, you know, in return, make this team better in the long run. Yeah. And the last point, and you, you touched on this already earlier, the last point, 
that I think is one of the main takeaways for me from this draft. It really felt like Bill Armstrong's stamp was on this draft because there's a lot of size. You mentioned it right after Logan Cooley. There was not another kid under 6'1". And there were a lot of kids that were well above six foot or six one, I think got but, some. Uh, well, we'll have to go back and look at what the average height was. From got some draft. big size, and they brought. I mean, feel however you want to feel about Zach Cassian is another guy who's basically like like Bill says, run you through the wall yeah. kind of guy. This is going to be a physical team. This is going to be a punishing team. It's going to be a lot like St. Louis was. That's the that's the character of the team that Bill wants to build, and we saw it executed today at the NHL draft. Yep. And the other thing they did, they stockpiled even more picks for future years. Yes, yes. That's the other thing. So, Keep them flowing. Yep, absolutely. Um, and, you know, after the show ends, I can't wait to go get a beer. Like, we've just been working so hard. <laughs> just kidding. We still have more work to do. Um, can't wait to get a beer, though, when I get home. And I'll be drinking Four Peaks for sure. And by the way, all of the pictures yesterday and all the yeah. videos, it just looked like such a blast at Four Peaks. Everybody who came out, thank you so much. Like, this is what we envisioned PHNX to be from the start. A community of people, a place for Coyotes fans to all be together. Right. You know, and we saw some video of people reacting to the picks, reacting to trades, and to see that energy. It just makes me so excited for the future. And thank you to Four Peaks for hosting us. Thank you for providing amazing food and, and drinks at the bar yesterday. And I can't wait to actually head over to Four Peaks also, when we get back. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry we couldn't be there. You know, yes. obviously we have a job to do, but I'm glad that so many of you turned out. Yes. I heard it was a, an incredible atmosphere. PD, yeah. of course, was there. Sean was there. We had a lot of people there. Yes. Rudo came Rudo down. Come, <laughs> Greg down Powers came yeah. in. So Josh Doan called in. So By and large, like... Uh, we, we got a lot of positive response from that. So, again, thank you all for showing up. Really, thank you all for following along this entire week of draft coverage. Yeah. It's, it's obviously a big deal to the future of the Coyotes. It means a lot. So we wanted to give it the, the uh, coverage that it deserved. And you guys helped by coming out. Like yeah. that That's a big piece of it, for, of what we want to do at PHNX is to have that community aspect. And uh, Four Peaks is a great place to do it for me. Yep. It's It's been a favorite of mine for a really long time. But that's, that's like I said, that's just a one piece of the puzzle. Yep, absolutely. And as always, when enjoying Four Peaks, you must be 21 and over and enjoy responsibly. One more thing we need to talk about. The yeah. thing that did not happen. Hmm. And that is Jacob Chikrin did not no, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be looking into the story a bit more, because um, uh, the, there's a lot of information out there. Some of it's co- conflicting information out there. Um, I reported today that the uh, the Coyotes had a you know a deal in place. The, none of the Coyotes officials really wanted to talk about this. All, all Bill Armstrong said was, you know, Jacob's gonna come back and play for us next season, and we expect him to be a big part of the team. That's that's essentially the quote that he gave to everybody. But my understanding was there might have been a deal in place. Um, I'm going to dive into why that maybe fell through. But more so, this notion that Jacob Chikrin is going to be a Coyote next year. He's, he's not going anywhere in the immediate future. And one of the things that I think is going to have to happen, I've discussed this in stories in the past, but when you look at the progression of some of their younger players um, under Andre Turigny, Clayton Keller clearly took a big step forward and became a star in this game. Lawson Krause took a really big step forward. They're, they're still in negotiations with him, but you know I, there was a lot of chatter about Lawson Krause being traded that draft. I kept saying Lawson Krause is not on the trade block in spite of other rumors, and Lawson Krause obviously did not get traded because he is, he is the perfect 
profile of what Bill Armstrong yep. wants in a player. He's not going anywhere. And then beyond that, like when Nick Schmaltz came back from his injury, he took a big step forward. They, they, they still think there's more in his game, but he took a big step. And finally, Barrett Hayton. So you've got four young guys in that core that took major steps forward under Andre Turigny. The one guy who didn't, Jacob Chikrin. So I think the Coyotes are going to try to get to the bottom of why that didn't happen. There are going to be some pretty honest conversations that happen between Jacob Chikrin and Bill Armstrong because there is going to be an expectation that Jacob Chikrin performs next season. I, uh, that's that's all I'm going to say on it. Again, I'm going to dig more into this story to try and find out where things sit. We we clearly know that Jacob Chikrin wanted to go elsewhere. He wanted the chance to compete for a playoff. Well, everybody wants to keep compete for a playoff, yeah. but only, you know you still got a job. You still got a can. job to do, right? So you got to perform yeah. to the best of your abilities in your current job. So Jacob Chikrin will be on the Arizona Coyotes. Yes, he will. Year. All right, there you have it. So that's that's the draft week in summary. We'll still be talking about it, obviously. A lot of stuff's going to come out. Development camp is next week. I'm going to go and talk to some of these players. Yeah, I'm going to blow it off. Craig is bailing. Petey's bailing. I'm just, you know, whatever. It's fine. I really liked talking to them this week, so I'm excited to talk to everyone again and get their perspective also on Arizona. It's it's July. It's the hottest time of the year, so that could be shocking for maybe, I don't know, a player from Finland or <laughs> maybe think? as an experience, although I know he's been to Arizona. So. Yeah. Um, but a lots, lots more to come, and thank you all for following along our draft coverage. Still more to come. The work's not over. We'll have another audio episode for you tomorrow morning. That's just kind of tie some bows on things, and Craig still has stories to write. Craig, by the way, was up till 5 a.m. writing. Yeah. And went to bed and woke up at 9 a.m. So this is the kind of work that's going into this. So we really hope that you become a member so you can read the work that <laughs> Craig worked so hard to do. We appreciate your support. Become a member at gophnx.com. Sign up for an annual membership and get a shirt from the locker when you do. If you want to just try it out, get your first month 50 for 50 cents. Join our members only Discord. I still need to pop in there. We've just been so busy. I know. Um, but that the community that's being built, it all starts with you so become a member join the family it's a great it's a great thing please excuse any typos that you might have found in those last two stories yeah craig took a two-minute nap before the show by the way that was weird actually like, I was like, literally I was, took a two-minute like nap a nap that i couldn't avoid i'll put it that way <laughs> like my body was like i'm done i'm done you're going to close your eyes for a moment here <laughs> <laughs> this 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 episode of phx county is fueled by craig's two-minute nap that's right it got me there <laughs> and his Three espresso shot Tim Hortons this morning. Yeah, that was an interesting drink. We'll talk about Tim Hortons tomorrow. We'll talk about Tim Hortons and Rogers and all of that on another day. Um, But seriously, we can't thank everybody enough. And I said it last night when I was on the draft show, but I'll say it again. Everyone's tweets this week, especially as we went through our travel woes, but just in general and the support, it's been phenomenal. We can't thank you all enough. We can't thank everybody listening here today enough um shout out to the chat as well um shout out to the discord and just all of our members whether you became a member when we launched or you became a member right now we appreciate you all so much please follow along on twitter at phnx underscore coyotes still tons of stuff coming out and we'll have five days a week of coyotes coverage all summer long it doesn't matter that it's the off season and uh, subscribe to phnx sports on youtube and follow phnx sports across all social platforms as well tons of great stuff there as well. Anything else you want to say today? You just, just want to go thanks again, crawl guys. in bed. <laughs> Not yet. You can't, we, we got more still work. Has to work. 
<laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you Jacob's so much for watching. Jacob's rubbing his tummy. He wants to eat. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all so much for watching. We appreciate you. Audio episode, like I said, dropping tomorrow. Please rate, review, and subscribe, by the way, wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, wow, enjoy the rest of your Friday, everyone. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you next week. See you guys.